How's it going there, Mitch Lewis? Gets getting set up here. Hang on. Stand by. Yo, yo. Afternoon there, Rob. I actually just got some information. I'm going to text you right now. Stand by. Well, I get this going here. Hang on. So many texts. Hard to find them all. I should really learn to keep better track of this. Oh, there it is. Hang on. Here it is. That's what I got to you. Who 
directing this show. Anybody know? I don't know. Who's in charge here? Alright, got my stream deck working, so let's do this. Oh, look, and I'm there. I exist. Perfect! Alright, now we got everything rocking and rolling. Alright, so, a couple things we're gonna go over today. Real quick, uh, quick announcements. Make sure you check out uh, sagenewslive.com. That's where you can find all my other streams, all my other... Uh, Basically, social media access points. Um, I'm on Twitch. Uh, right now, we're going to Twitter and Facebook, but Twitter will be just for a preview. Um, if you want to continue on, you'll have to basically go and check out the link. Um, you can find that on my page anywhere because I post a ton of videos with it. And then from there, you can drop it all down. Perfect! We just got a comment that... Um, I might want to even talk about right now we were live because the person probably watched it and didn't know that we were live. But they will know now. All right. So I did get a new uh, arm here for my mic here from Rode. It's actually pretty nice. But uh, that is some of the stuff that we uh, wanted to cover real quick. The other stuff I'm going to jump into is have some news. And then Mish should be coming on somewhere around 3 o'clock if he is available. Um, I'm pretty, I showed him pretty much 3 o'clock. That was the time I was going to kind of have him on, and then I was going to jump on and talk about some stuff that was going on. So we got a uh, couple things to talk about, a couple things that was going on, um, some stuff some of you might know about if you, you know, uh, join Will and stuff like that, and then some other stuff that if you watch my community page, you might know about, and then um, if you haven't, you're going to find out now, so... Why don't we do this? I'm going to kick over and turn on my display. Make sure nobody... Perfect. And we're going to kind of kind of take a look at a little bit of some stuff that's going on in the news um, that I thought was a little bit interesting. So this was the first one I wanted to talk about. And this was one that a long time ago, I was on a show called Libert warrior actually liberty warrior uh, i left that show because of certain circumstances and the way he was taking his show um but one of the guests and one of the intel personnel one of the people that he gathers information from 
is a individual uh, known as Jeff Top Bunk B. Uh, B is for bullcrap because that's all he produces. But uh, while I was on there, I was explaining that um, the U.S. Marshals, it was a big thing with the U.S. Marshals protecting the president and protecting Biden and uh, Biden as the president and Nancy Pelosi and all this other stuff. And everybody was basically saying, hey, they can't do that. They're only supposed to protect, you know, criminals and stuff like that. They're U.S. Marshals. And I basically brought all the receipts stating that, yes, they can absolutely protect the president. They can absolutely uh, protect the executive branch because that was something that Trump put in place. Uh, Trump thought it was better to had to use their budget, uh, which which probably up there, but wasn't used as often to help protect um, important assets, basically. Right. So they look at how dangerous the situations are and things like that, and they can actually pull U.S. Marshals. So U.S. Marshals protecting an executive branch is something that is 100 percent allowed. Not only that, but they have a budget for that now. And that was something that was happening. Well, during that conversation uh, and that episode, we talked about an executive order, an executive order that I know some one of my crew in here, if there's anybody in here, um, would basically have no problem throwing out there um, that basically said that, hey, if there's any type of meddling or problems or situations in regards to the thing that puts, you know, presidents in positions, um, then everything gets seized. We can seize this. We can seize that. If it's from here, if it's from there, everything's getting seized. And a lot of the shortages and stuff that he would, I was trying to explain to him, but he kept saying that the shortages were because containers were being seized. So I brought somebody on from the ports. I literally told him, no, it's, it's the fact that we, at this point, we can't, there was so much congestion at the ports that they didn't know how to handle that. And it was like, you know, Tetris. There was cans everywhere. There was empty cans, full cans, things like that. Well, one of the things he thought of in this infinite wisdom of um, Navy sealing slash intel slash top secret agent man uh, 007 was that he asked me how far away the desert was. And I said, what, what are you talking about? So he felt that we were taking containers to the desert and we were um, bare, you know, putting the, uh, all these loaded containers with goods from China and we were seizing this stuff and we were putting it in. This is a true story. If, <laughs> if anybody right now is listening to me and doesn't understand and they're thinking to themselves, what in the hell is he talking about? This is a true story. Um, just so you know. So, uh, basically, he asked me where the desert was, and I'm like, this is just... And I was on somebody else's channel, uh, so I did not want to, you know, be disrespectful in regards to that channel and do that, but I said, you know, we're not taking cans to the desert. Well, he got me. He got me. So, just recently, he brought up the fact that they're using cans in the desert. So, I, I... I guess um, what we're doing is we took all these cans that were full of all these goods that we decided to seize from different countries. So if you didn't get your goods, shippers and receivers and stuff, you might want to take a road trip to the desert and see if you can check any of these cans that they're piling up and using as a border wall and see if you can find your merchandise in these cans that they're using. Now, I'm going to say that they're empty cans, empty containers. I'm going to go with that. Uh, but 
be- only because we also use empty containers for a lot of different things. We've actually, um, some people have decided to build homes out of them. Um, some people have decided to stack them up and build a border wall out of them. But if anyone is still missing their seized goods, their goods that were confiscated because of an executive order, please, we now have evidence. If you can go ahead and take a road trip down to the border and check the following cans in Yuma, you might be able to find some of your goods. You might be able to find, but don't worry if they're not there. If there's nothing in these cans, I have a billing address for your time. Um, we do have a billing address for a dark company that I will give you that you can submit invoices to for wasting your time to find your merchandise that was seized in regards to an executive order um, down on Yuma. Uh, so that was kind of the first one I wanted to cover. Again, this uh, this part of my content creating, I want to thank Jeff Top Bunk B for bullcrap. Uh, that he gave me the opportunity to bring this to the forefront. I wouldn't have been able to do it without you. Keep spewing, and I'm going to have a great time. All right. Now that that's said, let's continue on. A couple other things. Oh, of course, the phone rings. Anybody want to get that? I'm busy. I can take that one later. All right. So, what, I got phones everywhere? I do. I have phones everywhere. All right. So a couple other things I want to basically, as soon as you do things, a couple things with brokering, as soon as you try to eat a meal, uh, guaranteed, no matter what meal of the day, um, the phone will ring. That's a guarantee. Um, and pretty much as soon as you're like, okay, I got everything covered, I got everything handled, the phone will ring. All right. Uh, a couple things that came out today. So we all talk about uh, the, the dollar and the dollar's collapsing and it's going down and we're going to lose everything and things like that. So one of the other things I did want to cover is understanding that reserve currency, right? I've talked about this um, in regards to the, the U.S. dollar being the reserve currency, meaning the dollar of choice, right? That the main dollar everybody kind of goes to to say, hey, that one will be paid, right? They, they'll pay their debts, that's kind of what it's all based on now. It's really not based so much on oil. It's not based on gold or silver. We're at a point where we're basic fiat. It's just like, you know, you take out a loan and, there, you know, you say, well, you'll promise to pay that loan back. That's kind of fiat money. Uh, now, there are some secured loans, obviously, you know, uh, house or car, something like that. But other loans, personal loans, it's like, hey, we're going to go ahead and take your word for it that you're going to go ahead and pay that back. And that's kind of where we are at as a country because other countries are now going and trading money within um, their own currencies. So BRICS, which is Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, which is now going to be including a probably another 18, 16 to 18 other countries are also thinking about joining this. Some of them like Iran and Argentina, um, which are big trading partners and, and big deals, are also kind of looking to join that. Now, we've all been hearing about this, and we've all been basically saying, okay, this is, you know, the, you know, the end of the world and things like that. Now, understand that it's not something that's just going to jump right out, right? So it's something that what so some of the stuff that I've read is Russia's going to throw, let's say, a billion dollars into India Bank. India's going to throw a billion dollars into Russia's bank, and then from there, they're going to kind of exchange money, building it their own little 
um, reserve currency between the two of them. Now, why, why would India do this, right? I thought India was our partner. India, well, India is not dumb. And they're basically saying, hey, we can still get oil and weapons and things like that from Russia. Um, so we're going to go ahead and buy that cheaper oil and those arms and things from Russia. That's something that they're going to continue to do between them. This is, like I said, some of the stuff that now that causes less of our money to be worth things, which also causes a problem with inflation and things like that. Um, and that is something we, you know, to be aware of. But I did. I want everybody to understand that this is coming. It's absolutely coming, one hundred percent. The digital money and different currencies, um, and a, and more than one reserve currency is something that's kind of almost already in play now. Um, depending on how you look at money and how you look at the exchange of money. So you know, if Russia and India exchange their own money between themselves, they have a slight re the reserve currency between themselves, right? So that's just kind of something to basically think of. All right. So real quick, if you are on Twitter um, and you'd like to continue to join us for the rest of the show, because I do have some other interesting stuff I want to cover, uh, which you you know might be interesting. You're going to have to jump on over to either YouTube, Twitch, uh, and kind of catch us on there, because I'm going to go ahead and uh, have to turn the switch. I'm going to cut the power over on Twitter. Uh, thank you for joining us. Swing by in and, and see the rest of the show. All right, perfect. Now that they can't hear us, uh, we can start talking about them. No, so that is something. So the other thing that is going on that seems to be more and more becoming a problem is fertilizer. Okay, so in regards to fertilizer, that's something that we're, we're not going to see as much per se now in the foods that we're getting as we're going to be seeing in future situations in regards to food, right? So we have an abundance of goods coming in in containers. But a lot of that could be stuff, you know, you don't you don't need your wants uh, clothes. Macy's Macy's is a perfect thing. Stuff that is being sold at Macy's. They're going to basically cut down inventory. Uh, Walmart's probably cutting down inventory in regards to clothes and things like that, that they're cutting at inventory. But when it comes to kind of food and food situations, we are a huge producer of food here. We are kind of self. We can produce enough. As long as we have fertilizer, and this is kind of where the world um, interacts with each other on that global scale, right? So in regards to that global scale, fertilizer is a huge need uh, when it comes to being able to produce the food that we need and other countries need. And a lot of times we look at this and we say, okay, well, we can feed ourselves, so we should be fine, right? Well, the issue is, is that if other countries are now needing food and stuff, then there's a lot of we're going to have to basically be able to help them with that food and also bring them that. So that fertilizer and being able to grow that, if we can't bring that food to them and China is, we're going to get kicked in the teeth when it comes to a leverage point um, later on down the road because they're going to say, hey, you remember when the U.S. wasn't there? Well, we were. And then when it comes to different votes or leaning different ways, that's an important thing. So as right now – we see a lot of division in this country. Well, there's a lot of division in countries. Um, there's going to be a lot of starting to have to pick sides in regards to, okay, where, which what road do you want to go down? Do you want to go the Western road, U.S. and, and U.K. And, and things like that? Or you want to pull on the, 
Chinese and Russian side. And food is a huge way to pick teams, right? Starving and not starving, which team are you going to pick? And that is a, a big deal that we, you know, we need to be aware of is when you start to see who's giving food and supplies to who, right? You know, who's actually catering to um, the need for food in, let's say, Sri Lanka, um, and Af- the continent of Africa, uh, and, and things like that. Who's bringing food to Egypt? Who's supplying these goods? You're going to start to see, okay, well, which way, if conflict were to kick off, which way are people going to kind of lean? And, and that's, that's something I want everyone to kind of be aware of. And I'll start to pull, you know, different articles and stuff saying, hey, China just dumped a whole bunch of food here, you know, and things like that. Uh, Time, did you see the report on Nebraska corn farmers where they have the first time ever corn stalks with no ears and corn on them? Yes. Um, that's kind of what I'm talking about uh, a little bit here. That's kind of I haven't seen the report. I just kind of saw the, a, a glip of, of that, and I was going to start to dive into that one probably tomorrow and reach out to some of the farmers who have been on my show before and kind of get an update from them. So I'll be reaching out to them. I'll be shooting him an email and see if he can come on for a little bit um, and see where we're at because, like I said, he's he's a farmer out there. I've had him on the show before um, back when Hutch was on. And I'd like to get him back on so we can kind of see that. And, and remember, it, it, things don't happen quick, right? I mean, it, it's not a movie, it, it, right? It's, it's long. The, all this stuff took place a long time. Like, you know, Japan and stuff was doing stuff uh, before World War II in, in 1937, 1938. So it took a long time to roll into these conflicts and these situations. Um so this quick movie type thing is not how it normally works. Now, can it go kinetic quick? Sure can. But a lot of times there's a lot of things that lead up. And we're starting to see the leading up to that. Um, and that's basically kind of where we're at. All right. So some of the other things I wanted to talk about, too, was everybody keeps I, I keep seeing reports that why does the Department of Education why are they buying ammo why is every, um, IRS buying ammo why is all these different divisions of government buying ammunition right why is that happening what is going on uh, why does the you know Department of Agriculture need ammunition okay now what I want everyone to kind of stop and think about for a second is, the government isn't functioning on divisions only, right? So there are budgets. So one of the things that I'm going to be looking into and I put some phone calls into is budgetary, okay? So w- first I want to know what type of ammunition are they buying and like how much are they maxing out their budgets for this? Because it's a very good possibility. We get most of our ammunition from uh, Winchester, basically uh, – See, that one was China, where we basically were getting it from. But I, I looked up, we get most of our ammun- military ammunition from Winchester. But they're buying it. So let me ask a question. If you had a potential of conflict, now, you now own the country. The country's yours, right? Uh, if you had a potential of possibly going to conflict, and you need ammunition for that conflict, but you're only budgeted, like Army grunts may get more guns, but less ammunition next year. Um, and this article kind of talks about they've budgeted for weapons, but the ammunition budget, they had to pull from the ammunition budget to get the weapons. 
Okay, so when it comes to budgeting, you say, look, you get, I'm going to use simple numbers. You get $1,000 for ammunition, you get $5,000 for weapons, you buy whatever it is, right? Whatever the numbers are. Is it possible, and I'm throwing that out there because we, we're all looking at this like, they're creating an army, they're going to gun us all down. Pay attention. They don't need, for most of us, I'm going to say for 95% of us, and let me know if there's anybody in here. They don't need to come knocking on my door to literally make me submit. They don't need to do that. All they basically need to do is turn off my bank account. Click, which they've done. They've done these maneuvers. They've threatened to do this. Canada has done it. And next thing you know, they need, I mean, if they really wanted to link me as a T to the IST, they would basically say, look, him and everyone he talks to locks, lock, lock down the funds. And when, I'm getting, when people are getting phone calls, when dads are getting phone calls from their sons saying, I can't get in my bank, you're going to call them. Okay? But is it possible that if you had only had this much budget for ammunition and you saw a potential problem coming, would you start grabbing, the government's going to say, say, look, use some of your funds to buy it. Use some of your funds to buy it. I don't care. You, whatever, I don't care where we pull these funds from, buy this damn ammo. Because I can tell you when in the Coast Guard, we had an engineering budget and we had a decky budget, right? We had, you had an engineering department and a deck, and a deck side. The deck side was the coxswains um, and the boat drivers and the guys, you know, that was, and the engineerings were the mechanics and stuff like that. End of the year when we had to figure out our budget, if we were like, hey, we've got like five grand extra on our budget, I'm telling you right now, we went to the deck side and said, hey, where are you guys on your budget? Uh, we're done. We're maxed. We're gonna, we say, do you need anything? We'll buy it on our side. Okay? Allegedly. We might have allegedly did that. If you're no sound, that's on you because I got sound and everybody else got sound. Or I've been talking to myself for a long periods of time, which is normal. I normally do that, just walk around talking to myself. I haven't done it in stores yet or in public yet, but I'm probably getting close. Um, either way, is it possible that a lot of this stuff that could be being purchased by these other departments is the same ammunition that would be used in handguns and um, military-style weapons? And I, this, is what I, this is what I'm trying to look into. I want to see what ammunition is being bought and what ammunition um, for that. Because the fact that the IRS bought, you know, 4,000 guns for 87,000 agents, I'm going to tell you something, that ain't enough. Um, so is it possible that some of these departments are maxing out their purchasing power So because, hey, we need this stuff, let's go ahead and order it, let's have... Um, Winchester make us this ammo and let's go ahead and pay for it and let's go ahead and buy it. I think that is. I think that's a possibility, right? Because that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Not that they're building a, a, an army to come storming the doors. Because they literally don't have to. They don't have to. I'm telling you right now, I, I, I'm dealing with a factoring company with one of my carriers that I'm trying to get the factoring, them off this factoring company. They're the dumbest factoring company in the world that they're using. I mean, literally, I sent them about twenty-five thousand dollars 
I messed up on an invoice number, so that was my fault, right? But rather than call me and say, hey, you sent us 25 grand, uh, we've got it, we know where it came from, it's sitting right here, we don't know where to apply it, they didn't even call me. They waited like 60 days, and, when I, and, and then next thing they know, I'm getting an email saying, hey, when are you going to pay these invoices? And I'm like, what? I paid those. Call them up on the phone, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Right now, this is a factoring company. This is somebody that truck drivers and people use for factoring, and this is all kind of digital money. And I'm like, um, I paid that. And they're like, well, we have an overage of $25,000. I said, so basically, you've been holding $25,000 of my money that you thought I overpaid you, and you never called me? You never called me to ask. What if I actually did overpay you? Were you ever going to call me? Ever? Well, I didn't get an answer. So, but my point was, we're switching factoring companies. So the fact that I've got a load going that I needed to pay a large sum of money, she, we had to jump all through hoops to get that money transferred as fast as possible. So let me, let me ask some of the people that's in here. How long could you, if, if, if something was held up at your bank, how long could you go before you were knocking, on, you know, making some phone calls saying, hey, what's going on? If your money wasn't transferred or you didn't get it for a week or two while they figured things out because they take their time, how, how much would you be knocking on the, making phone calls and saying, oh, my God, I need this money? Probably a lot of us, right? A lot of people would be in that situation. And this is why when I think of them, they're not going to want, and, and for, people, for, the, for them to come storming doors and smashing stuff, there's a big outcry against that. Now, have they done it? They have. Have they learned that that might not be the way to approach it? I think they have, right? Because the last thing you want to do is fuel the fire. When Russia, when the Soviet Union broke down, Russia did nothing, I'm sorry, the USSR did nothing because they didn't want to fan the flames. Because when they fanned the flames once, double the protesters showed up. Double the protesters showed up. So you got to kind of think smarter here, right? So what happened, use this information. So if it was me and this was my country, I'm not going to offensively fan those flames. I'm going to defensively cut the water. Right. Once I cut the water, you got no way to put the flames out. I don't know what to tell you. It's just going to burn until you make that phone call to me until we figure this out. Then I can turn the water back on. That's kind of how you want to think about things. And, and so for me, ordering all this ammunition and ordering this stuff. Is it possible that they're ordering because they know that there is a possible conflict coming up? Not here but in other countries, and they're just mass ordering right now to get that. And they don't care what department orders, and they don't care who put maxes out their budget. Just max out the budget and buy it. I mean, there, there's a, a big list of ones that you're like, why would they have weapons? What would they use it for? They probably wouldn't. They probably don't have agents. They probably don't have law enforcement. Um, I watched the Glenn Beck thing, and, and he, he basically said, you know, building an army. But if they don't have any agents and they're just buying the ammo, then what are they buying it for? My opinion, they're maxing out their budget because military budget is already maxed. 
That's just kind of my opinion. Um, this was back for 2020. U.S. is heavily reliant on China and Russia for its ammo supply chain. Well, that's not any good. Congress wants to fix that. Well, pfft. United States is reliant um, uh, almost entirely on China and to a lesser extent Russia in recent years to produce critical mineral that is vital to producing ammunition. Uh, so, in regards to this, if we're relying on China and Russia to give us what's in this, in our ammunition, then wouldn't you be ordering as much as you possibly could if they cut off the rare earth minerals or whatever is needed uh, and we don't have a mine up and running? Uh, he allowed quit it because this is a problem. He sure, uh, not long. I didn't carry cashews either. I, like I said, I'm just basically saying, in my opinion, that's how I would do it in my country. I wouldn't fan the flames by a show of force in that because force is going to get force back. And I don't want that. Right? I don't want that. Boop. Cut the water. Cut, cut the flow that you have to be able to let you just burn yourself out. I'm on your own. That is kind of, again, and what, and what approach should they take up in Canada? That one. Look, I, I just... In my mind, I'm not saying that they should be doing it, but I look at aspects and I look at things and how I would do it so that I can now dig into, say, into, this, into these rabbit holes and say, okay, why would I be buying all this ammo for all these departments that wouldn't be doing it? Oh, well, I'm going to max this out. And then I jump into, okay, let's dig into that and see if this goes anywhere. If it doesn't, then I leave it. It doesn't go anywhere. But if I start to see Army running out of budget and things like that, well, that starts to make sense. So I just keep going with it and see if that's a possibility. So that's one of the things that I was looking into. All right. Yes, the attorney revenue. And this is where I was trying to dive into it and see what. Now, no, nothing is saying the ammunition that they were buying right now that I have found. So I'm, I probably haven't found it yet. It's probably out there, but they did buy it. Um, but, you know, you're looking at 700000 in ammunition early 22. Again, are they maxing out budgets? But I need to know what ammunition they're buying, and is it the same ammunition that the military uses? Uh, now, because here you got right now, and I put, did put this on my community post, uh, IRS to forgive $1.2 billion in late fees from the COVID pandemic. Uh, no, we're going to dismiss. We're not signing up for you right now. Try again later. Uh, Turner Revenue Service will waive $1.2 billion in fees levied against American taxpayers who were late in filing their returns during the vid pa pandemic, uh, the agency said on Wednesday. Now, I, like I said, am I, um, does the IRS exist? Yes. And we can also go back to, uh, let's, we all know his name. We all know his name. Say it with me if you can. Jeff Top Bunk B Bullcrap. Jeff Top Bunk Bullcrap. Um, basically said, this is like the IRS are closed and they're boarded up and nobody's there and it's empty. They're not. They're open. Kind of hard to say that they're closed and then also say they're hiring agents to come for us. Which is it? Pick one. Are they hiring agents or are they closed? You can't have it both ways. Somebody please uh, explain that to me. I don't know which one it is. But some of the people that are out there seem to be not thinking about that. So they are open. Um, I do pay monthly for a tax mistake that I made, which I'm like, okay, fine. 
Um, so I set up payment plans and I pay monthly. And I, like I said, there, if I did the math, uh, there's an awful lot of small businesses out there compared to um, the amount of agents. You know, you have 320 million people, but they're not all working, right? So then you got to say, well, how many people are working? And then how many small businesses are there? And you kind of pull those numbers and divide those numbers by the amount of people in the IRS. Subtract some, obviously, because some of them are agents. Some of them are just answering phones and things like that. How many businesses? I think I came up with like 1,200 small businesses for every IRS agent. So um, this is kind of something that, uh, you know what? If Jack, Jack just commented, you know what? This is horrific. Oh, Jack, you're, you're doomed. Hang on. We have an emergency one I got to read here. Oh, this is from Jack's. Uh, Jack Camp. Jack Farmer watches, and the next FMC meeting is September 20th and 21st. Thank you. Uh, thank you, uh, Jack's father, Jeff. I thank you so much for that information. I am so glad you watched the show. Maybe you can in tell your son that he needs to start watching the show. Uh, but I do thank you for that information. Fantastic. See? Us older guys, we're sticking together. He knows what's up. All right. Uh, but this is stuff, like I said. So I, I, you hire an accountant. Make sure they keep you. I have an accountant. So for me, it's here's my stuff. Um, she does all my taxes. She does all my information. She's certified accountant with a big firm. Uh, not um, whatever the one is that everybody goes to. I don't do that one. Um, and I just that kind of makes I make sure that she just does what she needs to do. But it's like 1,200, I think it was like 1,200 small businesses to approximately every IRS agent. Um, you know, that's kind of some high numbers. All right. Uh, what was the other stuff I wanted to cover real quick? Okay. Yeah. So, you know what the funny part is? On my community page, I put who one of the interviews I'm going to be doing, and it's going to be September 6th. Uh, the week of September 5th, which is Wednesday, which I believe is either, I believe it's September 7th. I have to look. I'm going to be doing an interview on September 7th, um, Will and I, with somebody. <laughs> and the minute I posted it on my community page, I had people unsubscribe. I had people, and, and I love it. I love it when they say unsubscribed. And, and then they just leave that in the comments. Almost like, almost like I give a shit. Right. Almost like I even know who they are. I have no idea who you are at that point. But you please, please let me know. Like I said, unsubscribed. And, and he left or she left all because I posted who an interview was that I was going to be doing. That person has no idea if I'm you know, interviewing this person um, and what I'm going to ask or where I'm going to go or what this person. Maybe they know what this person says. But I loved it when it was unsubscribed. And I'm like, I don't even know who the hell you are. Why do I care? Don't, don't subscribe. You'll still watch. I bet you money you'll still watch. And if you didn't, don't, you'll come back. Because you'll, you'll, you're, you hit that unsubscribe button, then you're like, oh, God, I got to see what he said. I got to see what they said. So they'll watch. But it's like if you unsubscribe, and then what I do is I, once you say unsubscribe, I hide the comment. Because you don't need to comment anymore. So then you're hidden. So just so you know, so if you're commenting right now, you're hidden. Nobody can see you. So keep commenting, please. 
keep typing as much as you want. You can you can keep comment just like Nasara is coming. Anyways, so um, let me pull this down here. I'll, and I basically got, uh, let's see, let's do this one. Oh, where'd it go? So the person is Rebecca Koffler, and she wrote this book here. And she's been on Glenn Beck, she's been on Fox, she's been on Han- um, uh, Huckabee, which I got a little clip, and she talks about who Putin is. And she let's go to my community page and find out like what her credentials are, um, because I think they almost match. And this is what I mentioned in there. I think they don't match Jeff B's. Um, so I don't know if he's going to be OK with that. All right. Let me go to my channel here. Let me click not that one. This one. Uh, all right. Let me open this up. Okay, uh, she was a bo- Russian-born U.S. intelligence expert who served as a Russian doctrine and strate- strategic specialist in the Defense Intelligence Agency, working with the DIA and the CIA's National Clydesdale Service. Uh, she has led red teams during war games and advised senior Pentagon officials. She has delivered classified briefings to top U.S. military commanders, NATO's ministers, um, the directors of the CIA and the DIA, the White House National Security Council, the senior con- uh, congressional staff in her post-public service career. Um, I think she's got more credentials. I think, I think we're, I'm good with that, pretty much. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Jeff? You in here? Jeff, go ahead and throw my comment. If you're a real man, step up and put it in there. Just go ahead and put hey now in there, Jeff. Put hey now. Be me. Be me. Uh, Libert, same thing. If you're in here, just do me a favor and put Hey Now in here, Libert, because I know you want to be me, so go ahead and click that. Type that in there for me. I'll let you be me for five minutes. All right. Uh, that being said, so I'm going to just play a little bit here. Pop that over here. And shrink this down. I've read you. They have told you some things. when you oh, were. Little- hang on. I listen to everything at high speed because I'm already East Coast, so to me it's normal speed growing up about how to survive in that system. Mm-hmm. What were some of the things that they told you that look eerily familiar to what parents are having to say to their children now? Very familiar. And what's eerie about this, uh, Governor Huckabee, is that I right now say the same things to my American-born children mm. uh, when they go to school that my mom told me when I was a little girl. Three things. First, don't believe everything that your teachers are teaching you. Mm. Second, don't believe everything that you hear on TV or on the radio. Mm. And or third, <laughs> keep your family's views private. Why? It's because, you know, the Soviets were constantly monitoring everybody for dissent, right? And so it was not safe to share to somebody, you know, uh, criticism because my family, as I said, they were anti-communist. And uh, they would tell us the truth, okay? So remember Brezhnev, he would just try to say, oh, you know, America is bad, you know, capitalism is bad. Uh, US- so don't let them know your views. Don't listen to everything on TV and even YouTube, right? And when I bring stuff, I try to bring as many receipts as possible. There are other channels that don't do that. And be very cautious of those channels that are, do- that are not doing that. There seems to be a big sweeping um, movement towards... Telegram and everything else towards certain channels that are putting out information that, you know, is not true. 
The USA is the best country in the world. You are probably the country's leading expert on Vladimir Putin. You've written this book called Putin's Playbook. It came out almost a year ago. So no one had any idea that when you wrote this book, it would become sort of like the go-to source to find out who in the heck is this guy? What makes him tick? That's right. A go-to source on Vladimir Putin. And they're going to be on with uh, Sage from Sage News and Will Bird from Cold Beer Confessional. If if you were briefing the White House today, what would you tell them about Putin that you don't think they get? I think they are, I would tell them that first they completely underestimated who he is. Right. And I would point out to uh, President Joe Biden that he had a chance when he was vice president of uh, Barack Obama. He had the chance to listen to the briefings and believe them. Because Putin really never made it a secret what he wanted to do. Every press conference, every strategic planning document, every address to the people, he made it very clear that he wanted to reconstitute a supranational alliance, not unlike the former Soviet Union, right? And he would use military means to do that if he can't do it without uh, going, you know, crossing the threshold of going to war. Right. And at that point, Joe Biden had two choices to make. She basically goes on uh, in the start of this. And I'll put the link in this because you guys I, I check it out. See what she has to say. Let me put this. Let me drop this rest of this link in here. Watch it from the beginning. I mean, he, she says he's evil. He's an evil person. And we literally have people. Right. We have other individuals here that basically say. He's teaming up with Trump to save the world. No, he's not. He's not. They're not forming an alliance. They're not teaming up. They're not um, creating a new currency, creating a, a common currency between BRICS nations. Um, they're not allying themselves with places like Saudi Arabia and saying, look, I know that United States country over there used to buy oil from you. But you know they're trying to get rid of you, right? They know you know they're messing with your money, and they're trying to not do oil anymore, right? Oh uh, yeah. Well, we'll hook up, and we'll keep taking your oil, and we'll do this. Why don't we just toss them people out of there and get rid of that United States that's trying to basically mess with your money? Because in business, you don't mess with somebody's money, right? You don't mess with somebody's family. You don't mess with somebody's money. That's just what you don't do. Things get fixed somehow, some way, when you start messing with money. I'm just telling you, it, it's, a, it's that game changer. You can do a lot of stuff, but mess with money, mess with family, have at it. So she goes on to say stuff. So I re, you know, like reached out and said, hey, um, well, I won't say everything I said, but I basically said, would you like to come on the show? Would like to do an interview? Um, and she said, yes. I said, cool, let's do it. And we basically scheduled it for the week of uh, the September 5th week. And I it's going to be that Wednesday. I'm going to see if it's going to be live or recorded. Either way, um, me, it'll be me and Will doing the interview. So we've got that hooked up. And I also have another interview with um, presently. We're working it out because he's on vacay with Ryan McBeth. But it's going to be, um, be something different. We're going to have a kind of a, a good time with it. But I won't tell anybody that not, you know, in the circle of people. Um, 
and the circle of people too is make sure that if you're not subbed up to um will's patreon it's it's not expensive and the dude works uh his ass off basically putting out information and he's um look this is going to be stuff that he's welcome to put it on his patreon um if we do do something like this first and then i have no problem putting it out a couple days later um to make sure that you know but that's going to be something that you know you guys hook up with him because he helps me out big time but this is kind of how we, you know, he survives and, and stuff like that. And this is kind of where we're going with this channel. We're bringing on people that can actually bring honest information to you guys. And that's something that you're not getting from the channels that just spew information out there. And they have no idea what they're talking about. And in the end, they're going to hurt. Thank you. Thank you for dropping that. Um, and also drop his channel on Twitch. That's Will's info. So this is basically where we want to go with our channel, right? You have other channels that are putting information out there that are incorrect, and they know it's incorrect, and they're caught knowing it's incorrect, and they still don't care. And that is, in my opinion, is... I think, I think why I get so pissed off about that, and, and I've talked about this before, and if you're just new to the channel, you know, please hit like and subscribe, and, um, is that... Taking advantage of somebody, I, I've seen my wife there when we were in the truck and we were trying to get out, and she got conned twice, basically. And like I said before, nothing, nothing drove me more um, than having my wife look at me with tears in her eyes, saying, well, "How are we going to pay for things? What are we going? How are we going to eat? How are we going to do that?" Um, nothing, nothing. Three o'clock in the morning, boom, I'm up. Eleven o'clock at night, I'm still up. Um, phone calls, driving, do whatever I need to do. There is no other motivator than, than having that happen. And so to see it being done to massive amounts of other people on a daily basis, and we've even experimented uh, with a channel and, and saw how quickly it grew just by putting things out there. Um, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And there's a lot of these other channels that are doing that. There's a lot of these other things that are pushing that. And... At some point, I hope there's some class action lawsuit that basically says, hey, here you go. Bam. How do you like them apples? I don't know why people are commenting on my uh, my thing when I'm live. Let's check this one. What do we, what do, we do, Hawkeye? Hawkeye. I understand the basic argument uh, when factoring is when factoring in movement of freight. However, a truck driver, his time... Risk is worth more than you think. I believe. Uh, I believe. Hang on. Oh God! Here we go with long count. All right, let's do this. I believe that safer drives will create a peg in a price of freight. Uh, the law of supply and demand does not work if there is a peg. I believe that the peg it will be based on fatal accidents and risk. All right, Hawkeye. This is just is too much. Yeah, so here was my argument real quick. My argument basically was, and I got a lot of people commenting on it, and the basic argument is a freight broker charges a customer 1500 bucks. Okay, so anybody, I'm just throwing this out here, and I'm going to clip this because I'm going to ask for people to go ahead and answer. Freight broker charges 1500 bucks. The driver's getting paid 1000 The driver finds out how much the freight broker is making and goes directly to the customer and wants to cut out the freight broker, meaning I don't, you don't need a freight broker anymore. Just use me. The driver then goes to that carrier and says, hey, uh, the, to the, I'm sorry, that driver now goes to that customer and says, well, I want $1,500. 
And the customer's first question is, what are you going, what are you doing for the 1500 that you weren't doing for the thousand when you were hauling the load for a thousand? What, what other services are you giving me? What's the difference? And the point is, is there is no difference. You're doing the same thing for the freight broker that you were doing, that you'll be doing for the customer, the same thing. You just ended up cutting out the broker, which helped the customer make more money, but that does not mean he gives that money to you. That means he gets more money in his pocket. Now, the approach you can make with this, which I've told drivers to make with this, because I'll give you the cheat codes here, so pay attention, is if you go to that customer and then you say, hey, if I was willing to get my own brokerage, would you willing be, given, uh, be willing to give me the freight direct? And he's, you, now you open up a brokerage. Now you go to that customer and you say, hey, that load that you have that's going every Monday that I was doing for 1000 if I haul the load, I'll do it for 1000 But if I need to hire someone else to do the load, I'm going to have to charge 1300 instead of 1500 Now you're providing the same service at a better rate because now you're getting the load and you're getting the customer and you're getting the door, you're getting inside the door of that customer. But if you're hauling the load and you hauled the load before for this price, if you go to the customer for more money, and I tell this to them, so if you go to the customer and you say, hey, I'll haul that load for 1400 the first thing that customer is going to think is, holy crap, if he's hauling it direct for 1400 how much is he going to charge me if he has to broker it out? He might be 1800 I-, I can't use him. He's too much because he's already bumping the money up. So if you want, uh, here's your cheat codes, drivers. The answer is you have to do it for 1000 if you go direct. Then you get a brokerage and you tell him, if I haul it, on w- that I'm driving the truck, I'll still do it for 1000 If I have to broker it out or I have to put it on a buddy of mine's truck, it's going to be 1300 or 1400 He's still saving money. He's getting access to you. If you. He gets a deal if you show up, but he understands that if you broker it out, it's going to go on somebody else's truck. So he's hoping you'll show up to do it, but he now understands that half the time you might haul it and it's going to be a thousand and the other half of the time somebody else might haul it and it's 1400 so he's still saving you're making money win win that's the cheat code but if you were to just say i'll haul it direct without the brokerage and i want more money just because i'm hauling it direct the answer is no no what are you doing? So, yes. Yeah, so anybody that, that text that left me messages on that, anybody that commented on that, anybody that gave me that information, there's your answer to that one. Mysteries of trucking solved here on Sage News Live. All right. Now, uh, this is the other thing I want to talk about, and this kind of pertains not only to trucking, but this kind of pertains to um, factoring companies and other things. All right. So this is a company called Lightning Pay, all right? Now, normally truck drivers have to wait uh, one day or next day or, you know, but usually it takes anyway, if you don't factor, 
meaning you don't have a company um, give you your money so that they can wait on invoicing. Basically, you wait anywhere from 30 to 90 days to get paid. Okay. Well, there's a company coming out called Lightning Pay. And what this basically is, is starting to ease people into digital money. The quickness of digital money. All right. And this is in the trucking industry. And it's a good place to start because truck drivers already want to be paid as fast as possible. So this is kind of where if I was, again, I look at this as where would I start? If I wanted to do digital money and I wanted to do that type of thing, where would I ease people into it? What industries would I ease people into it? Well, one of the industries that needs very fast turnover on money is trucking. There's a lot of truck drivers. They're swinging by the seat of their pants when it comes to their finances. Sorry, hate to say it, but it's true. So Lightning Pay basically will pay you in two hours from the time you deliver. Two hours. So let's think about this. You go to work, you do a job, and at the end of the day, two hours later, you're paid for that job. Doesn't matter. Two hours later, boom. And companies like Uber, Uber has a trucking um, brokerage, is now paying um, they're calling lightning pay was announced in October. They're now looking to pay in two hours, two hour settlements right here, Uber freight. And in, in its online information about lightning pay, doesn't just say it pays in two hours. They are offering receiving the capital letter treatment is dubbed two hour settlements. So they're not just going to tell you, yeah, we pay in two hours. They're basically saying, look, you have two hour settlements, two hours and you're done now. Where, why does it, in regards to trucking, truck drivers are looking at this and be like, holy crap, I can be paid in two hours? Fantastic. I can go ahead and I can, my money comes in faster. I can pay for fuel. I can do other things. I'm getting my money so fast that it actually makes me more productive because I, it, I can go ahead and pay for fuel now. I can move on to my next load. I just delivered this, you know, at two o'clock, four o'clock, my money hits the bank. Uh, money using... X, XP, XRP and three. Yes, XRP is another one, um, basically. But this is like Uber is now. So take XRP and they uh, or any factoring company, and now you're getting it directly from the broker in two hours. Two hours done. And that is and fractions of a penny. All right now, does it and does that quick pay? Do you feel you can absolutely be more productive and, and move a hell of a lot faster? And because that's what they're basically saying with this um, is with this lightning pay, it is so much faster that they're actually going after um, and trying to compete with um, the mega factoring companies, right? Uh, Triumph, ba uh, Bancorp, uh, they named that one. And they're, it, it's, to me, that's your basically your first steps into that digital money. And there, I don't see a lot of drivers out here, and maybe if there's drivers watching that are, or anybody out here that's going to say, hey, no, I'll, I'll wait for my factoring company to pay me. I, I, I literally see them saying, yes, pay me in two hours. I'd like to be paid in two hours. There are drivers that would like to be paid before the freight's even delivered. And they want to be paid if the, if the truck's hitting the dock, pay me now. And you're going to start to see that. If you go, there are some customers that you'll go in and they'll sign the paperwork and then they unload you, at least on my side, um, because it's open deck. 
And you could be turning that in, and by the time you're putting away your straps or your tarps or your stuff like that, you're paid. That is going to be the ease of bringing in a digital money. The quickness and easiness of being paid for jobs that fast. Where everybody's like, oh, this digital money, nobody's going to ever take that. Nobody's going to ever do that. Yes, they will. They will. People will absolutely bring that in. Let me do this real quick. Uh, I'm settled. Okay, perfect. Let me give him the... Uh, I have to drop the link here. Stand by. Copy link. Let me paste this to him. All right. So I do have Mish coming in again. Yesterday was a... Um, wasn't a planned one. This is going to be a planned one. Like, so everybody knows Mish. Once I bring him in, you'll 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 probably know him from Nobody Special Finance, um, and he is uh, he, he's good. Like I I like him a lot. He he's extremely knowledgeable, knows this stuff. Um, so I'd like to. I'm going to start bringing him in probably Thursdays as long as he's you know um, not hammering down on the road. And let me make sure here. Let me go back to here. Copy clipboard. And having him have basically a segment of the show also and kind of talk about what he wants to do. Because he's going to talk about stuff, and my, my part of the session is going to be, I don't understand what you're talking about. Put that in English, please. Uh, so when he's talking about some of the finances and some of the that type of stuff, that's kind of what... All right, let me bring him in, because I have to change the title anyways. Add to stream. All right, change you're in here. Title. Yeah, you're in. So I'm in. Yeah. Are we live yet? We're, are we live? We're always live. I'm live. Let me update my well, titles here. 2 p.m. All right, so what you got going on, buddy? Where is, is you in a top secret area? Do you want to give any uh, hints at all? I'm at a KOA near a lake. That's it? That's the best we got? No, it's a, it's a place called... Um, where am I? Hold on. Townsend. That's where I am. Townsend, Montana. Townsend, Montana. What are you doing on that way? What, what, what's your, what's your, uh, what's, what you looking for up there? So we have the Silver Symposium starting here in a couple days. Mm. And, you know, Jack is presenting. So, um, oh, is I'm he going up to work the crowd? Yeah. Mm. You're, are you going to be the mic? Are you, are you handing out to Mike saying, hey, do you have any questions? Is that going to be your role? What's your role as, with presenting? When he presents, I go around and, like, shake hands and give out cards and mm. got this card. Here's card carrier? Um, QC on it. Gotcha. Are you a, so you're a card carrier for um, Jack's union? You're a card-carrying union member of Jack's uh, crew? Hey, do you want to go camera? Do you want your camera on or no? I can. All right. Do you want, really do you want to OBS it? Do you want to OBS your cam? Send it to me. Uh, right there. All right. Hang on. Let me um, stand by. Let me figure this out here. Let's see if I can do this and I can go like this and then I can go like this. He's going to make it hard on me, but that's all right. That's all right. I'm good at this now. Will taught me well. Will taught this you, Jedi Master. Gooder? I'm getting gooder. Let me do this. Boop. I'll go like this. Bring this in. Mm -mm. So to the back of me, I have a lake. And to the front of me, I have mountains. Do you? 
All right. Oh, no. We might not be gooder yet. Hang on. Let me do this. Let's see if that works. And let me go like this. Why can't I bring you in? I don't know. Steam Labs. I mean, we're talking. No, no, you're in. I'm just trying to bring your video in, and it won't let me grab your... It will not let me grab the link. Let me see if I can do this again. All right, here's my no, other option. All right. Put me backstage and try and bring me back in. No, I got another option. I got option B. Oh. We're going to go with option B. And we're going to go like this. So do you actually have stuff you wanted to talk about today also? Or what? Let me go like this. I do. Perfect. Whenever you want to go, brother, I'm uh, your show. I'll bring you down in, in, as you're talking. All right. Well, let's do this. All right. Let me do this real quick. You do. Bam. You know, when you're on the road, you have a lot of time to think about stuff. Yeah. What you got, brother? You're in. All right. So back about a year ago, um, the poverty level was at $26,000. Yeah. Okay. One year ago, 12 months ago. If you apply interest, or sorry, not interest, inflation to that, it's about 29 now. Okay. So that is poverty. Consider poverty if you make basically less than 30000 a year right now. You're in poverty. It's a family of four, 30000 a year. So back this time last year, if you made 55000 you were kind of golden, right? Mm -hmm. You were middle class. You're above the – you can pay your bills. You know, electricity wasn't such a big deal, right? Well, this inflation, what happened is it come up from behind – and caught people from behind. So now that, um, now you have to make 60 to be in the middle class. This, these are ish, mm -hmm. right? So you were going along making 55, having a great day. You get your 3% um, raise a couple months ago. And all of a sudden you went from middle class to lower class, didn't even know it. And you can barely pay your electric bill. Right. That's the silent killer of inflation. It's not, I mean, people that make less than 30,000 already know how, or I don't know how this is going to come off, but they know how to skip pennies. You know, they know, mm -hmm. okay, we're not going to pay this bill. We'll pay that. You know, they, they understand the game, if you will. Right. So we came out yesterday, found out one in six, one in six people are not paying their electric bill right now in the United States. One in six. So one in six are not paying their electric bill in the United States. Now, a lot of these places... They can't turn your electric off if you're in cold here. I know that. Like, they can't turn your right. heat off. They so can't turn you your electric are, off. They can't do it come October, right? Right. So are all these places – I mean, what happens then? How long before they start to pile up your electric bill and say, click, and put that lock on well, the meter? I think it's 60 days or 90 days late. Mm -hmm. You get your stuff cut off. Well, that's great if you haven't paid for three months and it gets cut off today. What are you going to do when it gets cold? Right. So let, let's. So that is 20 million households right now. 20 million households. Oh, wow. Okay. Households. Households. So let me let me break this down real quick so everybody understands. So basically, what you're saying is, I'm here making fifty thousand dollars was above poverty. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. Fifty. Fifty-two is right okay. around there. Fifty. I mean, around. 
So let's get the, make sure we have the words right because it kind of matters when we're talking about this. Yeah. Poverty is the poverty line which is set by the government, which is about twenty nine thousand right now. All right. Change. So they look at it as twenty nine thousand. Mm-hmm. Reality is about fifty thousand. Fifty thousand is so, and that is a thousand dollars a week. Yes. Okay. Now four thousand a month. Right. More than approximately. Yeah. So about a thousand dollars a week. Uh, if you're not making that, you're basically down in poverty area. But what has happened are, because this is for a family of four, so you're deciding whether or not you're going to be paying electric this month, water, you know, how's the food situation looking? Those are discussions you're having every day right now. Right. Okay. So in there. at that point now, because of inflation, because of the rising price in gas, because of the rise in price in food, uh, electricity, heating, all of these rising prices, even though they're small, let's say, even if they were small increments, we know some of them aren't, but some of them are. That's now made it where I'm going to use round numbers. We're now sixty thousand mm-hmm. dollars is now poverty. So you're ba- and correct me if I'm wrong. So instead of you thinking you were making fifty thousand, even though you're still making fifty thousand, it's like you're making forty thousand, and yes. you don't know it until the bills come in. Until you're you like, don't even know it. Holy it's like boom! Yeah, so you're like, holy crap! Why do I not have the money to pay this? Like, what the hell just happened? You know, last month, at the end of the month, you had like 100 bucks. You're like, okay, I'm doing good, right? You know? Mm-hmm. I still have money at the end of the month. This month, you're like, I don't have enough money to pay bills. And your pay hasn't changed. So basically, it ends up this. And let me know. Um, yeah, update all. Let me know if this is something that has happened to you guys in the chat. Are you guys at a point now where you're like, I don't know where the money went? At the end of the month or whatever you're doing, has anybody gone to the point now where they're like, holy crap, where did all my money go? Like, oh, I don't know it. where the money went. I'm trying to get the chat down so I can see the chat on this one. Uh, okay, so our power cuts. Uh, Will said our power cuts off 10 days after the late payment due. Late payment date. Ask me how I know. He knows because, um, well, okay. Will, how do you know? Um <laughs> Well, most places give you a, a, a leeway after the first time. Right. And he's in Tennessee. So my question is, is how many people out there right now are like, okay. This has happened to me, too. I'm not going to lie. But then again, everybody knows my wife's a little different than every other person on the planet. A lot of people are basically like, what, where, what, where did the money go? What just happened there? Because you're so used to having your budget. You're so used to saying, okay. This is, you know, how much this costs, this, how much this costs, and you get into that routine. Is that what basically how you're trying to explain this? You're in that routine of spending? Yes. And so, you know, you talked about it yesterday where as a business, you know, three months out how much money you're going to make. You better, yeah. At least at a 90%, mm-hmm. you know, certain. Well, okay, you think you know how much you're going to get paid, which is great, but your outflow is changing monthly. Mm-hmm. It's going up anywhere from 2 to 30%, depending on what you're looking at monthly mm. so you needed a 10 percent raise this year just to maintain your standard of living wow so just to maintain right now from where we're at because right and and we see this on the year over year it was 9.1 8.7 so but when it comes really down to it that 8.7 is still remember that's year over year so if inflation that last last year at this month was eight now we're at 16. 
basically over yeah. two years. So over two years, it's, I, and I don't know many people that's gotten a 20% raise over two years. Not at all. I mean, so, if that's the case. Howdy, ma'am. Um, what's that? Not just howdy, ma'am. Uh, but no, so, and we got, so I've got, um, Dr. Banana says my power company shuts off at 30 days, no matter what time of year. Um, Will says, so it's 24 days after the original non-late date where he's from. Now, again, I'm saying for me up here, um, in Maine, they can't do it. I don't know what the rule is, but trust me, the people that know the rule use the rule. Um, usually the states right along the Canadian border have that rule. Yeah, because they just can't. No matter what, they just can't. So they'll go that. Next thing you know, and though. 25 degrees outside, you can't cut someone's electricity off. I'm sorry. Right. And and they used to do the same thing in Buffalo, New York, when it comes to heat. Uh, you could, I don't know. Again, I don't know the rule, uh, but I just know that that's the game they play over here, um, that they can't, you can't be turned off during the months of blah, 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 through blah, blah, blah. Oh, I know God. in North Dakota, if you see at certain times of the year, if you see someone walking, you know, you have to pick them up. We're walking in the cold, do you have to pick them up? I don't think so, Tim. I don't think so. No, Next. that's that's the law in North Dakota. Next thing you know, they're walking like around. Someone with broke them. down, and they're trying to walk to town, but they're probably going to freeze to death first. Yeah, you're supposed to pick them up and bring them into town. Well, <laughs> said Jeffrey Dahmer. Um, well, what are the odds that there's two serial killers in the same car? Well, that's a good point because we have one right here. <laughs> So, yeah, that's a good point. Well, now we know why he travels around. Now we know the truth, um, if anybody wants to. No, just kidding, because we don't know where this is going to go. Um, no, please don't. So, please don't. All right, so understanding that in regards to that, that hit when that, for inflation, because it, now when the inflation numbers come out, you guys put those numbers out when? Once a month, correct? Yeah, so once a month we do a live show when the CPI number come out. Which stands we'll for? That is the consumer price index, okay. and that is basically takes all the stuff we spend money on, yeah, and puts that in a percentage. All right, so then that's in uh, that percentage, and it's month over month. Now, well, that- it's got two. It's got two components. It's got a year over year and a month over month. When you hear the nine percent or the eight percent, that's the year over year year over year number. Mm-hmm. There's also a month over month number that you want to see around point anything greater than about zero point four. It's big. And that oh, a month, basically, a month. month. Okay. Now, at some points during the vid and things went slowing down, the year over year, so when we, when we see the numbers, like one month was 9.1, I think, believe it was last month, and then the month that they just covered was 8.7. That does not mean that inflation has gone down. That means that the, the, the speed in which inflation is rising has gone down. So if you look at CPI as a rate, yeah, as in it's a rate of change, mm-hmm. it's easier to look at. Gotcha. So right now, August of last year, the prices are about 9% higher. Okay. Everything across the board. Problem is, is then they take what they consider, you know, adjustments. Mm-hmm. And they change the, the way they calculate it every couple of years. Well, you can't do apples to apples when you don't have the same calculation. Okay. So 9% right now is running about 16% if they're using the calculation from 1980. All right. So let me do this with you. All right. So 
I'm going to give you some of the stuff that I'm seeing, and you tell me. And again, we, neither of us are financial advisors. No, we're just guys on YouTube that you know like to look at charts it's, and things I'm like just that. Just a guy driving around the country, right? Just a guy driving around the country. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Um, but it's one of. I'm telling you that there's a lot that um, freight rates are coming uh, are going down. There's a, an abundance of goods. Um, companies are probably going to have to lay off and things like that. Um, yep. where does that drive inflation numbers month over month, year? Like, where does those, at what point do we start to see, like, what happens there? So the, it's, it's the reason the CPI is high. Mm-hmm. If it's high because of supply issues, fixing the supply will fix the CPI. Okay. If it's high because the velocity of money, do I need to explain velocity of money? If you would. Okay. So the basics of velocity money is, is we printed a whole lot of money, mm-hmm. $30 trillion-ish, and sent it out all over the world. Mm-hmm. And the velocity of money is the rate at which it's coming back. So this is the simplistic. Don't Not everybody jump on me. So, so let's say China buys – we buy a bunch of stuff from China. We send dollars over there, right? Yeah. Well, the dollars has to come back to us at some point. Okay. The amount of those dollars coming back drives our inflation. Got it. So if people are dumping money into the United States, our inflation goes up. Okay. So basically, we've so we've got a couple of things that affect inflation. One of the things that affects inflation is obviously supply, because as things cost more to move more to, it, it, money, it, you know, that goes up. Prices go up, that causes inflation to go up. Mm-hmm. But as money that we it comes back because people are like hey we're going to buy treasury bonds we're going to basically send your money back to you because we now want to buy into the russian bricks dollar per se okay just yep. examples um so we're going to give your money back by buying your treasury bond and stuff like that that also drives inflation up All right so look at it this way if you you want something that's ten dollars. Yeah. If you have ten dollars, that's expensive. If you have a hundred dollars, you're like, well, yeah, okay, it's kind of expensive. If you have a thousand dollars, ten dollars is nothing, right? Right. So if they take our the money we have that's inside the United States and mm-hmm. then bring in all the other money, you're looking at like a triple or quadruple the amount of money we have in the United States. Okay. So then everything just becomes more expensive because there's more money. Correct. There's a problem there. People mm. are not going to get raises at 20%. Mm. So when I was in Turkey back in, I want to say 2000, 2001 timeframe, they were doing a million to one. The lira was a million to one. Um, okay. You'd go to the one million lira, $1. Gotcha. So you'd go get out a hundred dollars and you'd get, 1.1 or sorry 110 million lira okay they had printed so much money that it is now a dollar was a million dollars to them so if i went and bought a coke that would normally cost me say two dollars on mm-hmm. the ship it was 2.5 million dollars in turkey gotcha lira so let me ask this let me ask this, because I, I want to break this down so everybody understands this. My goal here is to make sure everybody understands what we're talking about. Yep. How does money come back? 
how does my, how how would countries send that money back to us? So if the they could either buy bond buy treasuries, but then that's that's the whole circle, right? Right. So why yeah, why would you do that? Right. You buy treasuries, you send money back to the United States government, the government spends it, gives it to the Americans, Americans buy crap from China. Perfect. Essentially we're using China. Right? That's how it's working right now. It's out of skew about a hundred billion dollars a month. Okay. We're sending them a hundred billion dollars more a month than we're getting back. Okay, so let's say so basically then I have to buy into America to send that money back. And then mm-hmm. eventually that bond, I see if somebody else wants to buy that bond from me. So Joe, Joe Brown did a great video on this, but yeah. basically it's all this money is out there in the world, right? Yep. Being held name a country, they're holding American dollars. At some point, be it tomorrow, be it ten years down the road, the only person taking dollars right. when we when we lose reserve currency will be us right people will have to come buy the stock market buy land buy whatever and it's going to drive that price way up gotcha okay per- okay i'm getting it now i'll make sure i'm breaking this down in english now mm-hmm. so at some point we the reserve currency and everybody has their own reserve currency which is what they're kind of basically doing you know they're they're going between each other right now basically well there is the reserve currency of the world which is the united states dollar Right, but right now they're trading within their own money at this point. Like Russia and right. India are kind of, they have their, their and I kind of explain it as they have their own reserve currency, which is their own money to each other at this point. Right. They, they, because they're, they're exchanging, just they're just exchanging each like other's money. you your neighbor right now. Right. So once, once the reserve dollar, let's say the United States not doesn't become the reserve dollar, and everybody's like, ah, not so much like in this United States dollar. The only way that basically eventually we get our the is they basically say we don't want your treasury bond. We want your property in North Dakota land. We want a thousand acres of land. Then they basically come to me and say, "Can I buy your property?" Mm-hmm. Or, well, you're going to be like uh, for twenty five percent more, right? Or whatever. Right? And they might have it, and they might say, "Deal," because next thing you know, somebody from that's instead of buying into treasury bonds they're literally buying into the united states it could be buying my company it could be buying my property buying the united states i mean china already owns how many millions of acres right so that's the other so once they do that not only are they buying into united states but they're also sending our money back to us yes and that's how they're sending the money back to us then which then eventually causes us to have inflation and they just own the property and wait that's what I would do. Yep. I just wait. Yep. I'd buy the property, wait, and then uh, hopefully in the in end. Years. Yeah. So China, Chinese, the country, the people have this uh, theory or thought called Guaylo. Correct. Yep. You heard, you've heard of Guaylo I've heard before? of it, yeah. Okay. So that literally means ghost. Right. And what it is is the concept that we'll still be here in 30 years. The white man won't be. Correct. They will. Their thought process is is their um, mentality and their ancestry and their mindset will outlive our people because they yes. pass that mindset and they pass that mentality, their goal down to their generations. Where our so generations, if they're going to screw me, they'll screw me in a heartbeat. Correct. That's why they, the first thing they did is they shut down all of the offshore payments for their loans. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. Yep. 
I see now. now. Because for me, it was like, okay, you're buying treasury bonds. Oh, did my camera freeze? Hang on. Let me do this real quick. Um, see, I'm not even paying attention. Let me do, let me, uh, display off, play on, hang on a second, wrong camera. All right, there we go. Just want to make sure my camera, camera froze over there. It's fixed now. All right. So basically then it's more of a concern, uh, when they stop buying treasuries because then they're going to, they're going to buy, uh, which they're already doing, like I said, they're already doing now. And, and there are some congressmen that are saying hey we can't allow all this stuff to be bought by these foreign entities uh we got to make a, a rule in regards to this uh yeah but one it's already too late because it's already been happening for years and two for them to say okay china can't buy american land mm -hmm. what's the optic on that good luck with that good luck with that at least yeah. now I mean, I, I, look. I don't care. They care. I right. don't care this, what the optic would be. This is how bad on this, right? This is how bad it is. When when uh, Trump basically came in and said, hey, we got to stop TikTok, Chinese companies came in and supported lawyers to basically go and fight that as freedom of speech and won. And TikTok was yep. back up and running. So good luck trying to stop. Because um, even if they come here and they've got some type of residency here, what do you, they're still uh, connected to China. They're still, they still, you know. My wife they never jokes, give up dual citizenship. Correct. Correct. And that's another possibility in regards to dual citizenship. Absolutely. Yeah, All so right. the United States, you can't have dual citizenship if your first citizenship is American. So, like, I can't go get another citizenship somewhere because then I lose my pension. Right. Yeah. But a lot of countries allow you to have dual citizenship. Correct. That's interesting. Yeah, so mm -hmm. that's, like I said, so that is definitely something that needs to be, you know, again, is this being addressed? I don't know. I don't see it happening. I do see some congressmen that, like I said, I can't remember who they are. I want to say it Rubio. But somebody basically came up and said, hey, we can't be doing this. We got to stop this. And who knows? If Rubio was one of them. I don't um, know the other one. It's, it's some of the, the hawks on the right who are talking about it. And it's when it moves towards center is when I start worrying about it. So here's where we're basically at. Um, we're basically at a point that in regards to inflation, I know for a fact the inflationary aspects of the supply chain and the goods and the cost of the stuff. That is absolutely um, one of the things that I see. Now, for me, when you start to see you know the layoffs and stuff like that, that will affect that side and eventually bring the inflationary, the logistics inflation down. But the issue is, is that controlling um, the money coming back. Now, the feds come in and they raise interest rates. Once they raise interest they rates, they make it harder for people to borrow money. Over that money coming back, they have zero control. So right now, the, the feds fund rate is about two and a quarter, right? Right. That's what I about to say, because I can see what that does, but I, I don't understand how the feds are going to control the money coming back like we just talked about. They can't. Because it's it's it, let's say China tomorrow decided to sell their nine hundred billion dollars in bonds. Okay. No control. Which would send a ton of money back. Now, who would buy that? Is the issue. The market. So, what if we bought that? Does that send? So is that send so? Let's say they do. They dump nine hundred billion on there, which is way more. <clears throat> excuse me. Way more than the market can handle at one shot. Yeah. 
So they, they do it over time, which is what they've been doing. About $16 billion a month right now. Yeah. They've been kind of getting rid of it for about 10 years now. On average, about $16 billion. So, so they're just kind of trickling, right? Right. So let's decide they decided to dump it. Well, that is going to drive the the uh, price of the bonds way down. Which will drive the interest way up. Okay. Hmm. Because they have all that selling pressure there. So when you sell a bond, the bond market, the rate goes up. It's counterintuitive because people buy and sell bonds on the bond price, which we don't usually see. We just see the percentage. Mm -hmm. So if the price of a bond goes down, the interest rate goes up. Okay. And the best way to understand this is, let's say you, you go get a $100 bond. All right. Okay. At the end of whatever your time is, it's going to be $105. Okay. Well, I buy a 10-year bond. Let's just pretend. Buy a 10-year bond. At the end of 10 years, you're going to get back $105. Okay? Yeah. Now, the bond, the day you buy it, is worth $100. Correct. Let's say you need your $100 right then. But no one wants to buy it, but some bubba down the road will buy it for $95. Okay. That 105 is still the end point. Right. But now they just bought it for 95 so the interest rate has gone up. Got it. All right. Now let's talk about the other way. So let's say a guy comes up and he goes, I'll give you 105 for it. Mm-hmm. That is 0% interest. Got it, because he bought it for what he's going to get out of it in the end. But here's the thing. The issue is, is that you buy it in ten, let's say ten years, and you bought it, let's say nine, nine and a half, nine and three quarters years ago. But that is now only worth ninety five because the interest has gone, the inflation has gone up. Right. So now the inflation has overtaken that hundred and five, and it's actually worth less money. That is where you see people starting to buy it for a hundred and six dollars. Mm. That's when you get negative interest. And that's when basically you're paying the bank to hold your money rather than the bank paying you to hold money. Right. So let's, you know, let's kind of with this whole inflation thing, um, we have real possibility of something called devaluation coming up instead of inflation, deflation. Okay. Everybody's got, we were talking about this yesterday where everybody's got just a massive amount of inventory all over the country. Okay. It's just backing up everywhere. Yes. Um, the warehouse rate has gone up in every city that I know of. Yep. Oh, yes. Rental rates for warehousing has gone up. So you want to hear something funny? About two months ago, Amazon came out and said, you know what? We're going to cut our warehouse space. They did. And put a bunch of it up for sale. Mm-hmm. It all went up for sale a couple weeks ago. It's mm, interesting. Who bought it? Don't know. But Amazon made a whole bunch of money off of selling warehouse space. Wow. That's amazing. Because mm-hmm. they saw it coming. So they sell a bunch of warehouse, probably doubled the, what they owe on that. If I owe, you know, a $100,000 building, $200,000. I'll buy it. Yeah. You know, if you need it, you need it. Right. Right? Absolutely. So I talked so about So now they saw this warehouse space that they weren't using or weren't going to use, they thought, for double, triple, quadruple the price for a couple mm-hmm. months, and then they'll buy it back off on the cheap. Right. Because eventually this stuff, people are going to, like I said, once these Amazons and, and Walmarts and stuff stop buying goods and those ports start to thin out, 
um, and those warehouses are now full, as people do say, okay, we're going to go ahead and buy stuff, we're going to get this, we're going to get that, for whatever reason, um, that's a that's a big... You're going to start now start to see these people say, okay, um, I, I, I got to sell this. You know what I'm saying? It, it, so, yeah. It's like the Seattle port. They went two days without the ship. Right. And then, and, and when, also winter's coming up, too. And there's a lot of times, just so everybody knows, a lot of times at some of these other ports, and not so much Houston, stuff like that, but some of these ports up in um, Tacoma and things like that, they'll have to shut down for snow. Um, and, of course, yeah, has, you know, it gets too damn cold. Right. So there are times that these ports will have to shut down um, on, you know, I don't know, New York, probably New Jersey doesn't get as much up there. Uh, but I do know that Seattle has shut down a couple times last year for snow, things like that. Seattle's funny because the, they are a northern Tacoma. city. They don't get treated like a northern city. Well, that's because they shouldn't be treated like they shouldn't be like or even in this country. <laughs> Seattle ain't right. I don't care if you're from Seattle. You just ain't right. Something wrong over there. Something in the water. Oh. over there. Just it's wrong. All right. So I, I, I did. I looked at trucks again today. I saw five trucks in five hours. Yeah, and that's, like I said, a lot of that is due is the, the long haul. No one looking to do the long haul. They're only looking to basically move stuff. And remember, too, a lot of times if you're going to do that long haul, it was, you know, you're going from California, things like that. But those mm -hmm. ports not shipping, receiving as much, you're putting it on the rail, and you're, they're doing short hauls because you don't want to pay. So why pay for, unless it's something you need, uh, shippers and receivers, they don't want to pay for these goods. They want to get rid of it. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. So, well, thank you for your doom and gloom for today and your massive destruction of everybody's, you know, thought process. Because right now everybody's running their thing saying, oh, okay, um, let me see where I'm at financially. So you just, you know, killed my membership program. Um, but basically. Well, you know, the good, the good thing is, is for, for a couple months now, we're going to have good gas prices. Good-er. Good-er? That's good. Good-er. It'll stay down there lower for another month or two until they turn off the spigot. Mm. And then the prices will go back up. And that is, um, and, and this is the other problem too, because come refineries and we do push fuel and stuff like that, winter is also hard to move fuel around. Um, so in regards to moving it to where it's got to go, and in their infinite wisdom, they did not do a lot of refineries up on the East Coast. When refineries went down, they didn't build any, and it takes like 20 years to build them. And that was one of the problems that happened in 2012 that I did a video on it. Um, and this is some of the problems that we're having with that. Just so you know, I, you know. I really put this whole refinery issue right at the feet of the EPA. Yeah. Nuclear power and refineries, all EPA. And Jack Dad says, uh, Mish appears regularly on Nobody Special Finance. Um, I don't know who that guy is, does. but uh, allegedly he does finance also. Allegedly. I've been known to do finance every once and in a while. He, and, and they're going to be at the Silver Symposium. Uh, for some reason, they didn't want me to go. Nobody invited me to the Silver Symposium. I don't understand why. No, we've invited you, and you always say no. I do. I do say no. I, I would not be a good person at the Silver Symposium because I'd be that guy in the corner saying, hey, what about this? And then nobody would want to answer me. Well, you'd probably be sitting with me and Jack, and we just talk quietly amongst ourselves. No, you guys wouldn't sit with me. I can already. Jack already said if I ever went, he he would not even acknowledge my exit that I even was there. He, he basically said, "Not there, any place but the Silver Symposium." He he basically said, "You're, I'm not even acknowledging you're there." It's not it's not a good thing. Wow. For some reason, maybe some of the videos I did, maybe some of the things I said, 
maybe my thought process in regards to silver and what I, and things. But I'm going to tell you what, if, if silver becomes nationalized uh, with the EPA's new power to basically do whatever they want in regards to climate, um, even though the, the Supreme Court said, hey, you can't do that. We just said, well, we'll make it a wall anyways, um, which is basically was put into the. Um, you know, what people don't understand is you, you, you send something to the Supreme Court. And you're arguing a law or not. If it's not covered in the Constitution, the Supreme Court go, eh. Are you sure about that? Because I know a lot of people that feel that the Supreme Court can basically uh, overthrow one president, stick a new one in automatically, uh, just without any recourse. Just boom, click of a button. Nope. Are you sure? The way it's supposed to work is that it's supposed to be sued up to them, and then they decide whether or not to take it. They are not supposed to be just going out and looking for crap to do. That's not what I heard. I don't think that's right. I think they can go out and do whatever they want, and that's why we have NATO protecting them, allegedly. Anybody ever has anybody else heard that? Heard that? Maybe. Anyway, so maybe that's just me stuff I'm hearing on the on these intro intro net things, um, things like that. On them, there YouTube's. On them YouTube's. Well, I, actually, it's not even on YouTube's. Um, that being said, I think I'm going to end this doom and gloom here, buddy. I think I'm going to have to uh, cut you loose and let you go back to the um, waiting for people to be freezing in the cold. Uh, and have to give them a ride because you can't have two in a cut vehicle. Wait till nobody special comes out with this video today on um, prices of electricity in Europe. Mm, that'd be interesting to see. He should have let me know about that one. Uh, maybe I would have done the thing. What time is that one coming out? Because he hasn't even in here. He doesn't. Even, I've got his dad stopping in and hanging out with us, uh, but he doesn't hang out. With Hi, Dad. Us. So no, nobody watches Sage News Live. But like I said, no, we do. It'll probably be later on this afternoon. But yeah, he's going to have a um, one about the energy crisis and the money. Let me so, put you down to here. We pay a lot less than Europe does for electricity. Oh, wrong one. A lot less. Yes, yes, we do. Um, definitely. If we paid as much for electricity as Europe does, yeah, our bills would be six thousand dollars instead of two hundred. Yeah, and and. Even and the other fact is, is that they also said, hey, you know, what we should do, um, which, like I said, it's it's they never thought about the process that, hey, if Russia could come in and cut your uh, gas lines off, if they don't like you, um, they never thought about that. They're just like, nah, that'll never happen. And then uh, Russia's like, hey, I don't like you guys anymore. Um, click. And, you know, now they're still providing. But, you know, what you, it, like I said, it's like us trying to go to OPEC and saying, hey. Look, we're, we don't like you. you. We think you're, you know, way too expensive. We don't need this oil. It's all bad. We're going to try to cut your money off. Would you mind pumping some more of that for us now while we need it until we don't need it? Then we're going to cut you off again and, you know, try to kick you out. What we did to Saudi Arabia. We said we don't need you anymore. And then yeah. Biden went back over with his hat. That's exactly what I'm talking about. We, you, you can't go over there and be fighting to get rid of all this stuff. And then when it comes down to it, you're like, hey, forget about all that talk of getting rid of oil and changing in the climates and the seasons that changing of the seasons has nothing to do with oil we were just kidding uh can you hook us up for a tow truck for a couple months and then that, yeah. that type of stuff and that's the ridiculousness of it yeah and, and this is what i'm talking about and, and and like i said there's a lot of things that happen globally that the big picture is what we all kind of have to look at. And if we're not looking at the big, everybody seems to focus on these little itty, itty bitty pictures, right? They focus on it like, like this is all that matters right here. And then next thing you know, they found out that all this mattered. And this, this little speck here wasn't really that important. And yet they just kept just, you know, focusing on that, 
shiny object that's just, oh, next thing you know, you're hypnotized. Mm-hmm. All right, all right, man. Well, I'm gonna let you go then. All right, I'm gonna jump off here. Let me kick you out. I'm gonna bump you out of here. Thanks for swinging in. I appreciate this. this is the Mitch Minute, which uh, multiple minutes. Mitch, multiple minute show. Uh, we're gonna bring him on more often, probably on Thursdays. Uh, but as of right now, I'm just gonna boot you out of here. Watch this. Boom. See you, right, Mitch. Cheers. See you. All right, he's gone. Um, thank you for coming on so much, guys. Uh, thank you, Mitch, for coming on. I just wanted to do a check-in there and kind of go over some stuff. Now, the other thing I wanted to do, check-in before everybody dives out of here. Good. So hopefully the people that are like, man, I got I to gotta check out before he closes. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit real quick about the Truth Symposium, Truth Posse, Truth Crew that ended up in Missouri uh, where the big reveal was, right? And I'm hoping uh, Will's going to talk about this also. Um, but it's a very interesting situation that happened up there um and talk about that will will you be talking about that before you're out will you be talking about that on your show tonight on your because today's thursday so today is a uh patreon show will you be talking about that on your patreon show but if he is you guys are going to want to check that out because an interesting situation arose from the uh, Sopodium. Patreon only. Make sure it's Patreon only. And please drop the Patreon link in there. Okay, perfect. You did, Miss Pris. Um, you might want to at least pay for this one because this is if you t- uh, definitely some situations that I find hysterical. Hysterical. We had, a, we had a hot mic situation that didn't make sense. And then some people talking on other shows dropped some information that made it all make sense. I, it all makes sense, and we all hope that Libert can pull something from his hat to still be able to grift that money. So please, please uh, check out Will. They're going to drop his uh, Patreon, drop his Twitch um, channel in there too, please. Please, like I said, drop the – it's worth the, the Patreon level. Um, it's going to be, like I said, if you just like a little bit of comedy, a little bit of laughing, a little bit of uh, – I swear this is real – um, check them out for a month. Check them out for, for that show. Pay for that one. Get that episode. Um, and like I said, it's 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 going to be an interesting show. But all right. That being said, I'm going to go ahead and duck out of here. Uh, thank you guys for swinging in. Um, and uh, I'll check you out. I'm off till uh, unless something happens, the world comes to an end. I'm off uh, probably back Monday. I might drop a couple videos. I have a video I'm doing. Um, in regards to Ryan Macbeth, and, uh, and we're getting getting him on for a special show, hopefully, as soon as he gets back from vacation. So, that being said, as always, stay safe, sage out, enjoy the music. Dreams just like baby. I've been joining forces with the likes of an 18. Jumping off of buildings used to be so stimulating. Now I'm reaching new heights. I'ma need the off whites. Play with the fire, you get burned. All of my struggles became lessons well learned. I got his eyes that keep me grounded, that's for sure. Cause one day we gon' make it out this earth. Where's your worth? I'm sick of your talking, you got the wrong one. I'm taking your king and I leave him broken. If I am the second, it's after no one. Just give me a second to let him know. I'm the headline, the deadline. Big 
watching Lethal weapon Master the king is back like prodigal. I've been gone. I gave them time, it's been too long. Was silent calm, but now the storm is right on. I'm not the one you can't ignore. I never tried to shake. If I want it, I'ma get mine. Never fake the funk, can't perform for your empire. Snatch them out the throne, make them all fall in line. I let the clock tick, count down, cause I'm I'm sick of your talking, you got the wrong one I'm taking your king and I leave him broken If I am a second, it's after no one Just give me a second to let him know I'm the 